Hello everyone, this is Brother Chris Hewitt with you again for another Missionary Mondays and thank you for tuning in once again whether you're watching on the YouTube channel or whether you are listening on the podcast. I thank you for tuning in. Please share this. Uh, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, go check out the Who Will Go channel and check out our Hewitts for Revival channel as well. And then uh, also uh, go over to Facebook, follow us uh, there as well. We're just trying to get the word out. Th- these Missionary Monday videos, they do not benefit me whatsoever. Th- we are simply wanting to highlight the life and labor of missionaries all around the world and ho- in hopes that uh, by seeing these missionaries, hearing their testimony, hearing what God's doing through them, your eye will affect your heart and that God will uh, use this in the calling of Many young families, middle-aged families, uh, young young couples, young young people uh, into the gospel ministry, into missions. So today we are interviewing my friend, uh, Brother Keith Blaylock. He is a veteran missionary. Uh, he has pastored stateside. He has done mission work in Romania. He has done mission work in the West Indies. And he's also now doing mission work in the country of Bulgaria. And uh, we are thankful to have you on today, Brother Keith. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, doing great. Well, I say this morning. It's morning here. It's 4 o'clock in the evening in Bulgaria. So uh, we'll get started. And and as we always do, we're going to ask the same three questions unless the Lord just leads differently. Uh, Sometimes God lets me throw these missionaries a curveball a little bit. But Brother Keith, the first question I want to ask you this this today is, can you tell us about your call and your background and your testimony? Sure. Um, actually, I got saved in my 20s. I'd been in church all my life. Uh, still the greatest man that I know, greatest is my father. He's and, a good uh, fellow. Love the Lord. Uh yeah, I've never, uh, never known anything but a Christian home. Yes, sir. And I, I thank God for that. And uh, I thank God for my father and my mother. And But that didn't save me. Yeah. And uh, at that point in time, I was actually in a Southern Baptist church, as were my folks. And uh, I was married. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful, thank God for my wife. We'll be married 34 years this year. And uh, I was married, but uh, I wasn't living right, doing right. Um, and I thank God for my mother because there's a point in time where I just got to my lowest. And she uh, she pretty much just point blank said to me, son, do you really think the way you're living that you're safe? How about that? And, uh, and it was, I mean, I'd heard a thousand sermons. But the Holy Ghost of God spoke my heart through just those simple words and said, no, you're lost. And I, I got saved that day, and Amen. it changed my life. And uh, God called me to preach soon after that. And uh, I 
began pastoring a little church in Pinola, North Carolina, in uh, Avery County. And God was blessing us there. We'd been there a couple of years, and there was a young lady that worked at the country store whose brother was a missionary in Bulgaria. And uh, I just happened to ask him to come by the church. Yes, sir. And uh, he had been in for a while because they'd had a little boy and had some problems. And so he he was there a little bit longer, and he came come by the church and taught him told about the the Turkish people in, in Bulgaria and Romania and God just spoke to my heart and broke broke my heart at that point in time and uh, my wife also I mean it, it was dealing with both of us and we uh, we got together I guess it was about a week later and said uh, this is this is where God wants us Amen. the thing was at that point in time I mean, all we'd ever known is Southern Baptist. Yes, sir. I didn't know anything about an independent Baptist church. That was, that's all we'd ever been. That's what I'd grown up at. Yes, sir. And so we were trying to figure out how to do it. At that point in time, we, we had children, and we started looking at what we'd have to do to go the, the, the traditional Southern Baptist way, and it would have been years. Yes, sir. And uh, you're, you're familiar with my oldest daughter, Brittany, and uh, – if we had waited to do it the Southern Baptist way, we uh, she would have been too old by the time I'd finished the schooling they wanted me to have. Wow! And so they wouldn't let me wouldn't let me go on that way. So we, brother, brother Nathan Reed, who come to our church, who's still on the field today, we still work with. He, uh, I talked with him about it, and he went through an independent. He was an independent Baptist with the Independent Baptist Mission Board in Bristol, Tennessee. And so I just thought I'd go there and and see what maybe we, we could go in that direction. And uh, it's funny because the first contact I had with the Independent Baptist Church was a camp meet. So I, I go to this camp meet and Luther Carver preaching and uh, uh, some some other men, men of God and just preaching like I've never heard before. Yeah. And... Uh, it was, it was an experience to say the least. Yes, sir. And uh, culture shock really changed. Yeah, it really changed my life. Changed my family's life. I mean, my my parents are an independent Baptist church. My sister, just because we went in that direction, and I talked to Brother Fred Potter, who at that point in time was the director. He's passed on now, but uh, you know. I talked with him about, you know, I'd, I'd love to go to the field and what I need to do. And Brother Potter, he's, he's a great man of faith and a great man of prayer. And uh, he had two requirements for me to come with the mission board. He said, uh, well, can you pray? <laughs> well, now the first thing he said, are you saved? Yeah. I said, yeah, I'm saved. He said, well, can you pray? I said, yes, sir, I think I can. He said, well, you can come with us. How about that? And so I... Uh, I began deputation to go to the mission field, and uh, we uh, we were on field within a year, hmm. and uh, and it was you know we we were we were understood, but uh, God took care of us, Amen. and uh, and we uh, we were there for ten years until we we left, and but uh, I thank God for. Uh, 
for calling me. Amen. And, uh, it was a blessing. And, uh, but from there, I, I don't, we, we left the field and went to the field in 1995 and, uh, we left Romania. We, we originally were going to go to Bulgaria, but, uh, in the, that point in time in the 90s, they went back underneath communism and they weren't allowing missionaries in. And so the missionaries that were in Bulgaria, Brother Reed, the one that came uh, to our church, uh, he was in Bulgaria, but they all moved up into Romania because they were, they were open and there were still Turkish people in these areas. We, that's, we work primarily with Turkish speaking people. And so we, we went to Romania and we were there for 10 years until the end of 2004. And we, we had a, a situation where we, we helped get a, a children's home started and, and that children's home is still running well today. Uh, but we took in a, a little boy at that time and uh, we had him for about three and a half years and, and just through different circumstances with the government there uh, it, at a certain point in time, they made it illegal for a foreigner to have custody. Mm. And we had custody of the little boy, and, and we ended up losing him my, my. after having him for three and a half years. And that really devastated us. And, you know, in hindsight and looking back, you know, I prob probably should have never left. But uh, that just threw us for yes. a loop. And uh, so we... We left Romania then, and uh, but and that was 2004. And we come back, and you can do two things. You can you can either decide, well, I'm gonna quit on God, or you can just continue on. So I'm gonna serve God no matter what. And and we we want to keep on serving God, and in our hearts or in missions. And so we we began pursuing different things uh, and looking into what we might do. I took a trip to Africa at one point. I, I thought maybe we might go to uh, South Sudan and uh, I took a, a survey trip and, uh, but God didn't speak to my heart and I, I didn't feel the, the burden of the call. Yes, and, and then uh, we looked into the West Indies. Uh, originally it was uh, an island called Providentialis in the Turks and Caicos Islands. We looked at uh, but things just didn't work out there with the, uh, we we're going to help out an, an older pastor there. And there's just some situations with the family and uh, it just didn't work out. And then I went with Brother Jerry and I, who's with Macedonia World Baptist Missions, to uh, the, the island of Beckway, uh, which you're very familiar yes, with. Sir. And uh, again, uh, went there for a couple weeks with him. And uh, God just, Said, well, this is where I, you know, I'd have you, and uh, so we, we began deputation again, and uh, God uh, provided the, the funds for us to go to Beckway, and uh, God blessed us while we were there, and uh, but in all honesty, my heart has always been here. Yes, sir. And uh, my heart was for missions, but we were at a point in time where we weren't ready to come back here because of what had happened here. And uh, it took God 
really working in our hearts and healing our hearts. Yes, sir. You know, to get us ready to come back here. So we we served on Beckway for about four years, and uh, God saved some folks and 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 started a work there among the people. And and really, the the biggest thing is he he hooked well David up with us. Yes, sir. And, and, brother, brother and, uh, Keith's son-in-law is one of my best friends in this world, uh, brother David Ballinger, and uh, brother David ended up going to the islands because of a certain daughter. I feel like that <laughs> uh, brother Keith had, and uh, but him and Miss McKenzie got married. The church that brother Keith uh, pastored there on Beckway is still going to this day and uh, is doing tremendous. And Brother David is on the other end of the island and has planted another church there. And uh, both churches are just growing, and God is really... I feel like after decades of labor on that island, I feel like there's been some big breakthroughs in the past couple of years, and and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, Yeah, we love the the people there, loved our time there. But... It came a point in time where we we knew that it was it was really for David. Yes, sir. And it's you know time for us to to move on. And we came back, and that uh, that led us to pastoring at uh, Mount Pleasant Baptist Church in, in Murphy, North Carolina. And uh, uh, that's where we really hooked up, man, with with you, brother Chris, and uh, had a great revival. Thank Amen. God for how God moved in that time and and God's still working at Mount Pleasant. We got a, a great pastor there. And and I pastored at Mount Pleasant for five years. And uh the last couple of years God was really working on my heart about returning for me ministry wise is what I consider my first love. Yes sir. And and that's here and among the Turkish people of of this, these Eastern European countries, particularly Bulgaria and, and Romania. Yes, and God, he really told me, said, it's, it's time for you to go back. And uh, my wife would have went back years ago. Yes. I mean, she was, I mean, she's always been ready to go back. Yes, and, and so it was, I wish I'd have went, started so, so, sooner back. It, but the two years was, I was dealing with a church that I loved and that loved me. If it was a church that was treating me bad and was uh, hard, it would be easy. But uh, I loved them. They loved me. Uh, and also, I, I knew it might be an issue with my, my youngest boy. And uh, and so it it was a hard decision. And it, it came down to a point where, you know, God was just speaking to my heart and said, you know, it's, you just got to trust me. Yes, sir. You just believe me. And uh, so we, we stepped out and told the church and uh, we uh, met with the deacons and, and you know them. And uh, Brother James looked at him and said, preacher, you sure? And because we'd started bus ministry and Everybody's excited, you know, and things going great. And I said, yes, it's, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, it's, I know it's what God wants me to do. And, yes, sir. 
and the church got behind me 100 percent that's my home Amen. church that's my sending church and uh, they're still behind us and uh, we uh we're on deputation for about two and a half years to raise our support and uh, which is a good which is good these days and uh, yes, i thank the lord for that and uh and it was difficult with our son riley yes, and then we went down a hard road with him yes sir but uh god brought him back yes sir and uh you know he's he's uh he's doing doing pretty good uh i pray for him every day and he, he grows close to the lord yes, but sir. he's he's progressing and uh i got to him my son's still there in, in murphy and i thank the lord for the church thank god for bringing me here yes sir uh, it's just a blessing amen uh brother keith mentioned a revival and it was amazing. I think it was, I guess it would have been the uh, December of 2013. I guess that's right. He walked up to me, and I don't know that we had actually ever had a conversation, but we knew knew about one another. I think he had come to my home church for a meeting. But it, nonetheless, he walks up to me and says, Hey, Brother Chris, I think we need to have a meeting. And, and so... We just planned, was it a Sunday through Friday? Isn't that right? Right. And yeah. and, and just, I had never been in that area. It, it was, uh, it, and it was just, it was just different. And I went up there and uh, it just, I think by Tuesday night, I thought Brother Keith was going to call me the next day and say, Brother Chris, I don't think we need to continue on with the meeting. Not because of Brother Keith. <laughs> But because there was some folks that just, if you could have seen what me and him saw from the platform, they were mad. I mean, there were people that walked out that night and wouldn't shake my hand going out. They were so mad. And um, I think that was Monday night. I'm sorry. And then Tuesday, um, God just broke through. It was unlike anything. We had a young lady that laid out in the altar just flat on her face for hour. People were going and getting right with each other. And people coming and apologizing for, to me for being uh, upset the night before. And revival broke out. I don't know how else to explain it. And uh, we ended up going um, three weeks, and 47 folks made professions of faith. And it was just unbelievable. Uh, every night, we somebody went and got a vinyl sign and laid it over the church sign. And every night after we went into the second week, somebody they put week two and then every night when the, more people would get saved they would, the young people got there with a big fat magic marker and changed the number on the sign and it was some great days in my life and uh the year before that my wife and i we had buried our our baby uh Evely, and uh, we had lost our child Evely. and to go into that season the next spring um you know, not just there. Uh, we were going other places. It just seemed like God was just saving people. And uh, it was a very much of a healing time. And it knit our hearts together with the people uh, uh, in Murphy. And, and I'm just thankful for that, getting to watch those young people uh, grow up and, and several of them just, just loving the Lord. So uh, I'm thankful for that, Brother Keith. Uh, the next question is, can you tell us, and this is what I'm interested in because I know very little about this could you tell us about the people 
uh, that you're trying to reach. Could you tell us about their culture and their history? And you mentioned they were Turkish people, but they're in Romania and Bulgaria. So uh, tell us what that's about, Brother Keith. Well, we we work primarily, and there's a lot of different Turkish people in, of course, all throughout Europe. Uh, but we work primarily with what they call the, the Millet Turk, which is a gypsy Turk. Um, in Romania and Bulgaria, both are, you know, the, the Roma gypsy and the Turkish gypsy are at the bottom of the social ladder. I mean, they're... They're highly discriminated against. But there's a lot of Turks through this area because all of this at one point of Bulgaria and a lot of Romania was under the Ottoman Empire. Yes, and uh, so it was Turk. And so uh, that there's just a lot of remnants of the the people that are, are left behind in these countries. Um, but the, the Millet Turks, as I said, is a, a very poor people. And uh, the the man who used to be our uh, field director here, Brother Ralph Cheapwood, he he really got the work started here. And uh, he was in Turkey, and as point in time where uh, at our mission board when Brother Potter was still alive, he got uh, a burden for Russia. And uh, he was talking with Brother Cheatwood because it's very hard in Turkey at that point in time. And he asked Brother Cheatwood if he might just go up into Russia. And uh, and so he began and went up into Bulgaria, which is directly north of Turkey, and uh, started with ministering to the, the Millet there. And that's as far as he ever got and uh, other missionaries began coming in and working together with him yes, um, I'm here with um, four other missionary families now uh, well five uh, two of them are in in Romania and then there's four of us down here in, in Bulgaria working among these churches that got started um, over close to 30 years ago now. Uh, that's what we were doing back in when I was here in the, the 90s, uh, working with these same Millet Turks. Uh, of course, I was in Romania then, and uh, but it's the same people group. Uh, we, we have meetings where we bring down folks from Romania, uh, and they all speak the same language. Okay. Uh, now, of course, they, a lot of them couldn't read or write their own language but they could speak you know two different ones <laughs> you know they yes, can speak uh, ones in Romanian can speak Romanian and Turkish the ones here speak Bulgarian and Turkish uh, which is just amazing to me and uh, so we have these uh, very poor people and just the very needy and of course the Bible teaches us that the poor have the gospel preached to them yes, and uh, they have they are very open to the gospel. Uh, of course, being Turks, uh, it's Muslim, yes, sir. you know, that uh, their families are. But in the, I'd say in the 90s, you know, they were really open, especially in these communist countries, because they, 
you know, they didn't, wasn't really able to practice anything. So when the gospel came in, they were very open. And we had a lot of big meetings and, you know, things re- went really fast. Things now are, are as far as, you know, we'd see, you know, hundreds upon hundreds saved, you know, every year. It's slowed down some now because they've become more westernized. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, and plus a lot of the Turks have went to Western Europe. Okay. Um, we have smaller meetings now because there's just less people. Yes, sir. Um, because they went there to work. Um, but it's interesting, you know, they, they have the same technologies here. Uh, they cannot have much, but... Uh, our Turkish pastors, we, uh, we, I, I think we have maybe around eight here now in, in Bulgaria, and you know we have the same technology with the, the cell phones that we do. And uh, I've been in several meetings with a national pastor, Brother Nasuf, and we've been doing the meetings, and he has a phone set up where he's doing a live feed or whether it's on Facebook or with somebody in Germany so they can be part of meeting. And that's one of the great blessings is, you know, these gypsy Turks from Bulgaria and Romania uh, have, have taken the gospel up into, to Germany and to England. And, uh, and it's, you know, the gospel spreading that way. But it's it's the unique ministry. Uh, we we have over eighty churches here, and it's primarily house churches. And it's you know we have several locations where we have you know built buildings. Yes, sir. But it's primarily house to house, and uh, you know currently things are different because of the COVID-19, but normally, you know, I'm in a meeting four times, four or five times a week yes. in different villages uh, and are with a national pastor. And it's, you know, it's a very busy, busy work. And these, these house churches, you know, they, they can be five or six at one, they can be 20, at the next, uh, and there at times they've been more when they were more people here, uh, but it's there's still uh, villages that want the the believers to come, and that's what uh, we're known as. Um, they hesitate. The Muslim Turk here in these countries hesitate to are not real fond of the word Christian. Yes, sir. And to clarify that, the only thing they know of the Christian church is the, the Orthodox church. Yes, sir. So we are the notch, which is the Turkish word for believer. And uh, what it is is uh, they know that we believe that Jesus Christ is the, the Son of God. And uh, they've been preached the gospel. And yes, to them sir. that somebody who is saved has become a believer. And, uh, and I'm, fine, I'm fine with that terminology. And, uh, and I thank God for the, the ones who have believed 
And so we still have them calling for the, the notch to come. And uh, in this past year, I mean, I was able to go with uh, Brother Nasuf and, uh, to a village in a, a town called Anton, Antonovo and uh, brand new. Never been there. He had never, uh, we'd ha- we don't have a work there. And uh, there was, there, there's about a, a five or six that come now. It's not a, a big work now, but uh, these are people who are trusting uh, in the Lord. And uh, we thank God for, for every one of them. Amen. And uh, it was just a blessing. And I just shared the when we first went. And when I was in Romania, I learned Romanian. I got to where I could preach in Romanian. Um, and I knew a little bit of Turkish, uh, but I never learned Turkish fluently. I'm still not fluent in Turkish. Uh, I can ha- I can hold my own conversationally, and I'm working on it. I, I preach from time to time. Uh, I jokingly uh, told the church back home when I was back, I said, yeah, I went and preached, and I said it was it was a power packed Holy Ghost five minutes, <laughs> but, uh, and that was about it. And I, I remember, and I remember preaching it, and uh, I got through, and and you know I knew it was chopped up, and uh, and brother, said he put his arm around me, and he said, "It's okay, brother Keith." He said, "My first sermon was five minutes too." <laughs> so, uh, God for it, but. I, we, I went out with him to, the, to that first, that meeting out in that village. And, and I sat there and I listened. And I, and I can understand, you know, a lot. And I just listened. And, and Nasuf to this this family, there's five or six people there. He, he went from Genesis to Revelation. I mean, he, he pretty much told them everything. The, and it was just a blessing to see there. You know, it's hard for us to fathom somebody hadn't really heard. And and then we began singing the Turkish hymns, which is different here because we have English hymns that are translated to Turkish, but it just don't click with them. Mm-hmm. And over the years, the Turkish people here wrote hymns full of the gospel. Yes, sir talking about the cross and blood and salvation. And and uh, they begin singing those hymns and in a way that's comfortable to them. Because their heart the language. They sing. Their heart language. Yeah. And I just watched this older man. And he had the hymn book up. <laughs> and it was funny because it was upside down. I mean, I, he couldn't read. Yes, sir. But he had the hymn book up, and he pulled it up in front of his face at one point because he was openly weeping, mm-hmm. and he didn't want anybody to see it. But after four or five songs, I mean, it come down, and he just cried in front of everybody. Amen. I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's just a blessing to see God work in our hearts. Yes, sir. Well, let me ask you this. What was the word that you said they have for believer? Enoch. Enoch. Well, it's amazing to me. 
if you study history, which I know you know this, Brother Keith, but tell them for the listeners, if you study history, the uh, Turkey, the country of Turkey, was uh, where Asia Minor was, uh, Antioch, Laodicea, all that, uh, Galatia, Colossae. Right. And um, it's amazing to me that they were called Christians first in Antioch. Now these people are calling, these Turkish people, they're calling for these these believers, these Christians to come to them. That's it's amazing. And uh, Brother Keith made another statement that it's hard for us in the Southeast to fathom somebody that do- that doesn't just know, you know, the Genesis to Revelation story, you know. Uh, and as you go, if you go out west of the Mississippi, most people don't know. And I'll say this: my wife grew up in the Bible Belt in South in Middle Georgia, and uh, it wasn't until she was seventeen that she really knew anything about it. She thought Moses and and Abraham and, and, you know, Muhammad, all that was kind of mixed together. You know, she had no idea. And that just proves the point of what we're trying to do here is people do not know. Uh, I remember in 2014 I went to uh, uh, South Dakota and preached for the first time. And, I you know, we have familiar statements in our preaching, Brother Keith. And I made this statement. I said, uh, turn to, I think it was John chapter 3. I said, I know this is a familiar text but and I went on preaching, and after after that, the the missionary brother Lamar Whittemore he took me aside and he said, "Brother Chris, there are no familiar texts here." He said, "These people do not have any idea," and uh, that changed my life, changed my preaching. That most people in this generation, not just in in Bulgaria, but in the United States, they just have no idea. So uh, uh, that's you know that's a that's a failure of the church to to get the word of God out, but it's also, we need to realize that, uh, if you're watching this, you're a preacher, most people don't know the stories, and we gotta, we gotta put it there where they can get it, okay, so I need to say that, uh, so, Brother Keith, the last question is, what do you believe the biggest obstacle or need is in reaching, uh, these Turkish people? biggest obstacle is preachers um you broke up a little bit so i'm gonna repeat that he said preachers he said preachers go ahead brother keith yeah and i'm trying i want to say this in the right way yes we i'm i'm here with Four, five other missionary men. Um, there's not one of us. The youngest one of us is getting ready to turn fifty. So wow. Um, and you know, I, I, I feel like I got quite a few more years left in me, but uh, we need young men. Yes, sir. And the world. I mean, and and there's God's calling people. I thank God for for a man like my my son-in-law and 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 like yourself. But uh, over here, particularly, you know, we and we we have national pastors, and and there's a work established. But as far as the the American missionary and further and on the work, yes, sir. Here another twenty years, if, if somebody else is not called out of it, 
you know, we're, of course, the way things are going, I don't know if we got another 20 years, but, and that's another, that's something else in itself. We're running out of time. Yes, sir. And uh, actually, we, we do have one young man, I, and I, I want to mention him. Uh, his name is Jacob Reed, uh, Brother Nathan Reed, uh, who came, the one who came to our church when God called us. He was back in the States to have their son Jacob at that point that? time. And uh, he uh, he's now, he's preaching and he's he's out in the villages every day god Amen. called him and so uh continuing on that with brother brother nathan's son so uh he's the youngest one among us he's in, the, in his 20s so i don't want to uh yes, i don't want to leave him out god's really using him and god's blessing he needs support uh, he's he's basically just you know going on next to nothing yes, but sir. uh god's really blessing him and uh and uh but we need we need preachers. Of course, we you know there's always financial needs. We we because we work among the poor, we do a lot of different things to to help them. Uh, one of the greatest things we do every year is during the winter we we give out flour and oil. Uh, we did it. And I came back to the states for a few months in March because of everything going on with the virus. But uh, we had just finished the flour and oil distribution. And uh, this year we we gave over uh, 70 uh, tons of, wow. of flour. And, and uh, I forget the number of uh, kilos of oil, but uh, to the, the needy, it was probably 1,200 families wow. that got help through this. And uh, we do that every year. And uh, God's always provided for us, yes, and uh, we thank the Lord for that. And uh, we have a a coach for kids drive every year. Yes, we give them coats for the winter. And uh, one of our other missionary uh, families, Brother Larry Leach and his wife Carrie, lead that up every year. And the other uh, missionaries just try to get as much money raised for it as we can. Yes, sir. And uh, they they go buy the coats here. People have often asked, can we send coats over? But it's it's just a lot more efficient and really cheaper here. That there are secondhand stores here now and everything where they can be bought. And, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, it's been a blessing to put uh, uh, coats on kids. We also have a, a, a program where we are feeding some children every day. Uh, we can't feed them in every location. We have a church, but... Uh, uh, we feed close to about a thousand kids a day Amen. Uh, between Romania and, and Bulgaria. Yes, of course, it's not going on now because we can't. What we do is we have them come in to where we have a church. We we provide the food for the family there, and that the lady of the house cooks it. A lot of times, it's at one of our national pastors' house, and then they just feed the the children of the village. A lot of them, that's the only meal they get. Of course, the government, you're not going to, with all this going down, going on right now with the coronavirus, you can't have anybody come in and, yes, and feed them. So that's kind of on hold right now. A lot of things are on hold. Yes, sir. Um, we're waiting right now currently to see if the, when the doors open back up for us to, to go 
really out in the village like we want to. Uh, they extended through July 15th their bands that they have, so we're, we're waiting to see if it opens back up in, in a couple of weeks. But, yes, sir. Uh, it's not looking promising. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, uh, well, what and and he just gave a bu- several things to pray for. First and foremost, laborers. My goodness, uh, the need. I, I think I read the statistics. You know, there's th- there were, in 1950 there was 3.2 billion people in the world. Uh, today there's 7.7 billion. In 1950 there were over 100,000 missionaries going out of America to other places. Today there's less than 32,000. And they said if we keep decreasing the the same amount, I think by 2040, if we kept kept that same uh, decline, there won't be any missionaries going out. And we've got three times the almost three times the amount of people on the earth right now than there was in 1950. And so, uh, my goodness, what a need there is. And uh, my and he just said it. There's one there's one young generation preacher there, but the rest of them are my dad's generation. No, I'm not picking at you, brother Keith, but my dad's gen- my dad's generation. Uh, and and we- sir, I said I understand. Yes, sir. The thing is, I'm not the old. That's right. Yeah, I'm not the old. Um, another thing, you, you spoke of the numbers <clears throat> here in Bulgaria. Uh, statistically, there's around seven million people. Close to a million of that are Turks. Wow. And you know, as far as I know, and, and I want to, you know, clarify that as far as I know. As far as independent Baptist works that are going particularly to these Turkish people, I, I don't know of many others. Yes, sir. And so that, that's a large group of people that uh, need somebody going. That's right. And, of course, we've got men that are that are going every day. But uh, the harvest is his wife. They just need laborers. Yes, sir. Laborers. I, I thank God that. You know, I thank God that, you know, he's allowed me to to come back here. Yes, sir. And uh, and God was, you know, has greatly blessed my life. And uh, in the years that I was in the States, he, he great, greatly blessed. He's blessed my children uh, through us returning to the States. I mean, my, my, my daughters and you, you know, all my daughters, you know, their husbands, um, they met their husbands through that time that we were back in the States. And I thank God for, for all that. And, uh, it would have been easy, you know, just to stay at Mount Pleasant and, uh, continued on there and, and seeing God blessing my children. But I don't know if I could face God yes, sir. with knowing the burden that he had put on my heart and the calling on my heart and the love for these people yes, sir. that never left. And, and that's what brought me back. I mean, I, I love my children. Yes, sir. And uh, 
and I love Mount Pleasant, but there's just something that God put in me for these people. And uh, I think that's what we all need to look for and and search after and and desire. And um, he didn't have to let me come back. And uh, and I, I thank God for it. And uh, it all, he was faithful just like he said he would be. And uh, he worked things out with with my, my son. He worked things out with the church. He he provided the, the support that we need. And uh, and we've got one child still at home, and you're real, real familiar with Squirt. Squirt. And, uh, yeah, and she loves it here. Yes, sir. And, and I thank God for that. I mean, it, God's put it in her heart. And uh, so we, we're just, we're blessed. Yes, sir. And I just want to want to live for them and do the best I can here and uh, pray for me that uh, with the language, I mean, that's always the biggest obstacle. And uh, But it's progressing every day. And uh, I'm just grateful. Amen. And of course, everywhere we need to pray that things open back up. That, yes, sir. You know, we go where we want to go. This pandemic has really um, hindered the gospel in a lot of places. Uh, I want to say a few things. First of all, I like all of his son-in-laws except for Michael Lindsay. Um, I, I, no, I'm just kidding. I love Brother Michael as well. I don't like him either. Yeah, I know. I understand. But uh, I, I, I'll say this. Some people may be critical of the food ministry, but uh, let me remind you that Jesus fed a lot of people so they would come and hear him preach all the time. He was feeding people all the time. And so don't be critical of that. I'm thankful they're getting to do that. Uh, But I want to say this. If you are out there and you would like to do a trip uh, um, over there to see the work in Bulgaria and Romania, uh, Brother Rick Burton and Brother Keith Blaylock and and Brother Ben Manley, we're all trying to work together, get our schedules together, so I could go over there and do a, a tour I would fly into Romania is the northern part, right? Or are you northern? Right. Okay. I, I would fly. No, Romania, yeah, I would fly into Romania, and we would do a a week of meeting there with Brother Burton. Then we would take a train down to Brother Blaylock, do a week of meeting there, and then we would take a train down to Albania and do a week of meeting there. And we're trying to get that in the works. Uh, I don't know if it'll be next year or the next, but if you would be interested in something like that, whether and listen, brother Keith, how old are you now, brother? Fifty what? Fifty-three. I'll be fifty-four in February. Yeah, uh, 50, 53, almost fifty-four. So he was in his fifties when he went back to the mission field. So just because you're not in your twenties, don't count the mission field out. Uh, I, I've say this a lot on the pro the the program. Uh, brother Charles Henderson, he's 84 years old and just went back to the Baja Peninsula. He spent 47 years there, came home because his wife was sick, uh, stayed here for six years. While he was in the States, he planted a Hispanic church in Dalton, Georgia, got a, a Hispanic pastor there, got him a building, and then he went back to the Baja Peninsula in his 80s. And so uh, please don't give me the age excuse. If God's calling you, if God's dealing with your heart, um, just surrender to it. 
and you'll be you'll be better off in the will of God in a cardboard box in Zimbabwe than you would be uh, living the American dream in in the United States. So uh, looks like we've lost Brother Keith, but uh, listen. Today, if you're interested in uh, doing trip or anything like that, you contact me. We'd love to get you in touch with that. And uh, as we always do, we ask the same question the Lord asked in Isaiah 6, 8. Who will go? He said, who will go for us? And I hope you're uh, praying about these things, praying about the Great Commission and what God may have you to do to further His gospel. God bless you. Until next time. Don't you hear my Savior calling I said who will go And work today Yes feels right 